Hello and welcome to Fireside Chat number 42. Uh, so for people who are new to this, uh, we pick a topic not long before we start and uh, we share our, our opinions uh, and also we take comments from from uh, our live audience. So for, for those who, thank you for joining us, for those who have joined us live. Um, as usual, if you like it, uh, subscribe so you know exactly when the next episode uh, comes through and also leave us comments, likes, so, so we are encouraged by by how useful you find find these talks and and leave us comments, leave us topics to, to discuss. Uh, that's always very useful for us. So today's topic is, is actually uh, metrics. So we all agree that metrics are, it, it's, it's useful to measure stuff because in, in Agile, we, uh, you know, when you measure, that's how you get feedback and that's how you can, you can improve on things. But the things that you measure often uh, lead, lead to your behaviors. So it's very important that you measure the right things so you, that you choose the right metrics. They can lead you towards good behaviors and certain kind of improvements so they can lead to dysfunction. So, so let's, before we actually kind of start comparing metrics, let's, let's first talk about what do we mean by metrics and how do we measure those and how do, do we classify them? Who wants to go first? Normally, the person that defines things is you, Mesh, right? So it's your role to do the definitions of things. <laughs> I'm doing the, the announcements today. I am the master of ceremonies. Uh, <laughs> no, I would say, I would say uh, so for, for a metric, any kind of characteristic that you can measure, basically, or, or quantify in, in some way, yeah? Uh, doesn't necessarily need to be numeric or anything like that, but you know something that basically you can measure. Yeah, um, that would be the definition that I that I would use for this. No, but uh, regarding the the different types of metrics and that kind of stuff, um, I think you know if you look at it, you have leading metrics, metrics that will tell you how things will go. Yeah, and lagging metrics, metrics that you measure after the fact so you know how something went or you know how something uh and you have process metrics which are a uh, more you know how the the process itself whatever value stream you have like how is that doing yeah more than outcome based of course you know process metrics can also be leading metric because if you have problems in your process you may you know you may deduce that something's going to go wrong afterwards right uh, but that's more or less the, the way that I would see that classification. Um, and then... Uh, Jose, Jose, just, uh, just for yeah. people watching, uh, they might not be familiar with the terms of like uh, leading metrics or logging metrics or even process metrics. So can you give us like some... Some, uh, some examples, examples of those. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so for instance, um, how many features did you finish at the end of a sprint? No. Or uh, did your did the engagement of your users uh, increase or not? Or uh, what is the churn rate? Or how many users actually you lost? No. Or, or you know people stop paying your service? No. 
So and those are lagging. So those so, are lagging. So I, I mentioned so, uh, a couple ah, of right. So lagging would be it's something like, you know, employee uh, turnover or churn rate, things like, you know, basically you, you see them after, you know, revenue, right? Like you, you only see that after you, no, uh, you have it. No? After the, the, the event. Exactly. Right? After so, the people pay you, then you, you have the number. No, if you don't, it, it's not telling you people will be paying you this amount, right? Like mm -hmm. that's, that's basically it. No? Um, uh, and maybe um, leading measures would be something like, did we have problems in our shipping process? Or did we suddenly start getting a bunch of uh, 400 errors in, in the platform and, and stuff like that, right? Because that could mean that, you know, shipping didn't happen or, you know, like there, there's the, basically there was some issue and you're going to see the outcome of that uh, later on. Um, I know the type of, of uh, and then for, for process, you would see things like, I don't know, what is the current velocity or stuff like this that is, you know, sort of like explicit to, to know, the, the operations the itself, of the process that you're, that you're using. No? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, where, where would, where would quality, would, I would guess that would be more outcomes related as well, right? So, for example, quality, quality. is an experience. Man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like we already did an episode. On, yeah, uh, so quality is not measured. It's you feel well. Yeah. We're, we're just, no, I don't uh, say about the feeling, <laughs> but I do <laughs> say that quality is an experience. <laughs> I, I, like, I like an experience. So, so, but we did a we did two episodes on, on this stuff, and and uh, I guess the objective today is to go a bit more into what we think are good things to measure or not and in which context no because yeah. a lot of this is contextual mm -hmm. as well no um but yeah and then because the, then i'm uh, uh, the, the things that i mentioned that, that could be one classification not like this is no? but then you have other uh, other classifications that you could use as well no we uh, we often talk about proxy metrics right so what is the difference between a, a proxy metric and an an actual metric of it. So for me, that's on the, what is it that you are measuring? Are you measuring the, the, the thing itself or are you measuring something that is related to the thing and could give you some information about the thing, but doesn't necessarily mean that it is the thing. Uh, but what, what is the thing then? So proximity <laughs> is related to the thing, but what is the thing? A, the, the way, what, what do you mean? What is the thing? It will because depend. you're saying like proxy metric as opposed to another kind of metric, and I want yeah. to know what is the other kind of metric. The it's other not the, proxy, will be what is it? the observation of the actual, uh, you know, characteristic that you're looking for, right? Like, let's say, uh, uh, value. Uh, no, no. Let, let's say you you have something like. Uh, uh, weather. Let's let's talk about the, the weather, right? Whether you know it rains or it doesn't rain. Yeah, you could have something that is related to that, like the you know pressure and you know, the, uh, and the air, air humidity and yeah. that kind of stuff. It's related to it. It's it, there might be some correlation in in that stuff, but it's it may be affected by other factors that are not necessarily. You know, just the rain. So, 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 so the proxy metrics would be uh, let's so the way I understand them is let's say uh, I, I'll not like to go back to the quality thing, but it's the easiest one for me to to talk about. So, you want to measure the quality of the software, as we discussed in a previous episode. It's very subjective. Uh, it's related to like an experience, as we said. But and it's difficult to quantify quality. 
right? So, or, or, or like, uh, if the weather is going to be good or bad, right? So, but there are, might be some other metrics that we can measure, we can track that as they perform, you might say, for let's say we have low test coverage or we have a huge, a, a, a high cyclomatic complexity or like a lot of duplication. So those things are proxy metrics to cold oh, quality, quality no? or, 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 or our humidity of the air, pressure, almost kind of stuff. They could be uh, 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 proxy metrics to a good weather or a bad weather. I would, yeah, I would actually say, and I think there's layers of these, and it depends on, you know, that I, it's very, very important thing, and it's something that just dawned on me now, is that it just depends on your point of view, is what's proxy and what's not proxy, right? Because, okay. like, ultimately, right, to different kind of people, proc uh, different things are proxy and other things matter, right? So, for example, even when we talk about code quality, Actually, if you think about for uh, from a a, a a user using the product, yeah, they don't care about the code quality. They care about their experience and how it's impacted by malfunction in software that they're using, right? So the degradation of their experience is their metric. Underneath it, you may have change defects. Underneath it, you may have test coverage. Underneath, so so. You know, the, I, 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 let me let me. So the degradation of their experience, yeah, is the lack of quality. Is, is their experience of quality? Yeah, but for me, there is this aspect of being able to quantify somehow. Yeah. So the the minute that you let's say you, we're talking about quality and the experience that people have, but that is. Can you measure that? Is it like where do you then you use something uh, that is a proxy to that? Something around the lines of a uh, you know how did people feel that that the that that experience went right? Like the typical example of this thing is you know employee net promoter score and that kind of stuff, right? Like or or you know organizational climate. Like it's so complex, it's so abstract, and so that that then what you do is you find something that you can quantify that you you think is pretty much related or attached has some correlation to what you're trying to describe or, or, or variations in that metric we exactly will tell you exactly <laughs> there there is some sort of connection between them. And that connection may may not be direct. It, it may be through something else, through some other factors or some other uh, or, or number of issues raised. Like the you know mm -hmm. you may have a, like a you know a report problems thing, <laughs> feedback or something, and through that you you get. But my point was that code quality, ultimately at that level, is is actually very much of a proxy in itself. So quality is of the yeah. code base is a proxy. I think that they, yeah. uh, what, what you were saying, I think that it, it is not only the point of view, is the actual, the, the user of that, uh, how can I put that? For example, code quality, because what you, if I understood what you're saying, Mash, like code quality is a proxy metric for an end user, for example. Exactly, but not right? for a developer. But not for a developer. Yes. So for a developer is the, 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 the actual thing. And even their that, experience is actually with the code. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if they can change the code well or not, 
is directly related to their experience and not and, and you can even go up to, to for example even the, the the business itself because for example if they are having a lot of rework then like the amount of rework for example bugs raised uh and things like that that would trigger rework would trigger inefficiencies so that is that becomes uh a, a business problem caused by yeah for them for businesses waste exactly rework yeah. or waste you know they 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 thought something would be done in the first place and it didn't so they lost time money reputation mm -hmm. all those kind of things right and that's their metric but underneath that as you said it it relates to code quality yeah. so helder so before we no, I would say that Helder has a, a question here. It's like the question is when the target in the company is profit and you contribute with software to do that, what proxy measures can we use? Uh, and here, this is a different a difficult uh, question to answer because we would need to understand how the company generates profit with that software. Yeah. Exactly. Right. The quality of the software may not result in profit, exactly. right? Because so for it example, might be the wrong feature built. Yeah. So, so if they earn money per transaction, let's say that they are a credit card operator or a payment system, like for example, like the, they need to have a good throughput. They need to process, they need to be stable, they need to be up and they need to be reliable, secure and all this kind of stuff. So or any things like that would enable you to have more clients, more process, more payments, uh, adopt new payment methods. So features, for example, that would bring direct money is support a new payment method. If you are a payment gateway, for example, if you are a social network, the way that you advertise and have a much smarter advertising where people can click in whatever they might be interested, that might be a feature that would, uh, you could say like click, click through or uh, click per ad or whatever that the, the, the term is, uh, might be a proxy metric for revenue generation. So, 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 see what I'm saying? It will really depend on how the company make money with that software for us to find the right proxy metrics. Particularly if we, there is a book, uh, Link Analytics. I don't know, it's quite a good book if you're into the whole uh, link startup and you know you want to understand a bit better how to link, uh, you know, the at the state of the business with you know all of the processes and all of the things that you're doing as, as part of the business right uh, and they have a concept which is called the one metric that matters yeah uh, and it, it's quite interesting because they describe a bunch of uh, business models is it transactional is it an app is it you know like all the things and depending on what kind of business you you have there's certain things you now that this is what users do, whatever, you know, you translate that into, into your business, no, but they, there's a transaction, right? Like some, someone gives you this, someone gets this other thing, right? There's, I don't know, collaborative, right? Like it's, it's about content creation, comments, engagement, no. So that's a different type of activity that they're expecting. And then what they, what they tell you is depending on where your business is, the, 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 the growth, let's say, or the face where it is, there are certain things that predict better how your business is doing than others, right? Like don't pay attention to, because you can measure, this is the other thing about metrics, you can measure whatever you want, you know? But if you have, you know, 20 different metrics, which, you know, which one should be looking at, right? Like you, you suffer from infoxication, no? It's like too much information, information overload, right? So the, what the book tells you is, okay, so depending on your business, you know, which stage you are in, 
you know, look at this thing, boom, 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 boom. And, and that's one way of doing it. And I think it works the same, you know, in software as well, right? Like a lot of the times we have a ton of stuff that we are measuring uh, and nobody looks at it. It's not very indicative of, of the, the real problems that we're having and so on. And it's just, this, yeah. this is, uh, by the way, I I have a very like Marabesi said talk about linear regression. I'm not a statistician, but I have a mild idea about what it is, uh, and it is actually what you were talking about as well. It's it's the relationship of a bunch of variables to an outcome. So so, and I guess that's what we mean by proxy. Those variables that that actually allow us that can that impact the outcome so that's kind of marabesi uh, correct me if i'm wrong but i i'm guessing i am sure there's better uh, mathematic definitions of it but that's that's the way the way sorry i think there's a the, that's uh, so linear regression the way that i understand it is that it's a different thing is basically fitting you know you have sample and you know you're trying to find a line that best fits uh, that sample according to a metric. Uh, I think what you're referring to is correlation between uh, correlation. So you have different uh, different metrics, no different uh, values, and how they are related. It, when they change, do they change together, basically? And how much the you know do they change it's, together? So. Uh, actually, that's a very good question because does we we are actually when we talk about proxy metrics, we are talking about the dependency. So maybe correlation is the right thing of the higher level thing on a bunch of lower level things, mm-hmm. right? Is that correlation? I'm not, not sure. I'm not dependency. Sure. Dependency will be causality. The, yes, dependency exactly. Will be this one is a consequence of this other one. Exactly. Right? So if I see it, no. Correlation is, you know, when when this one changes, this one also changes. I, I think exactly. then it's more causality because it's the dependent relationship you talk about. You talk about the one-way thing because w- what you like. Not always you can get the dependency. I think this is the, the the thing about the proxy metrics. Like, not always they are a direct dependency. For example, you you end up there could almost, be another variable in between exactly. that is actually the one causing so, them. So yeah, the, the, as we said, like for example, a low test coverage uh, doesn't necessarily imply bad quality, but but is a metric that if it's too low, it might imply. So, yeah. and then if you have a combination of those things, like psychometric complexity, it doesn't necessarily imply bad code, but it certainly is complex code, is it? But is, is it like complex because it needs to be complex or is complex because so, so you, you start creating those group of metrics that they might have a correlation to the thing that, so if they are down, let's say, uh, they might impact what you really want to measure. But that is not a direct dependency from what I understood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, an, it's an interesting chain of thought. But let's, let's move back to uh, the yeah, things that... <laughs> let's move back to what we were, we were talking about. So we, we, we kind of... We were trying to understand what proxy metrics are. And I think we went down to, into a bit of a, uh, a rabbit hole in terms of the dependency aspect. But would it be safe to say then is proxy metrics are basically... What we are saying is that 
they are not the things that ultimately matter, but they they help us understand the thing that ultimately matters because we don't want yeah. to, uh, we want leading uh, me- measures to help us uh, understand beforehand and be proactive uh, in in the thing that ultimately matters. And also we want certain things that help us pinpoint where the problems might be that that would move the needle on thing that matters. So is yeah. that is that how we're defining the proxies? So I would say that is more like when what you are trying to measure is you very complex and you cannot you, do you that can with a single. But there's not a single characteristic that would tell you exactly, exactly. how it uh, how it But is. not just complex, but it also also about things that are useful for us to then be able to to fix because you you monitor or measure things that that you so I'm I'm more kind of leading us more towards like process type metrics, right? Uh, so, or even leading metrics as well. Yeah, because but what so basically, it's not just that the thing is complex on top, and we need to measure other things because that will help us see what that is. But we also need to measure things that will help us uh, understand where to focus our improvement effort on. So, so this is for me where, uh, yes, I think that this is, this is getting closer to how I understand this. And I think that a few examples probably would help us to, to get to, to the, the, the same place. Let, let's, let's take an example of measuring the health of a project, right? So we want to make sure that that project is healthy, yeah? There's no single metric that we can say yes or no, or in a rank of one to 10, uh, because like in, in order to, it's quite subjective. So you need to c- combine a few things. And, and that's more than one characteristic that, you know, healthy, depends on what, how you define healthy. If healthy is under budget, they, exactly. you, you have one metric that you can but, but then, But then the metric becomes the, that specific thing. Exactly, uh, it, 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 this is the thing. Like if you define healthy as, you know, the team is happy, you know, the, 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 we are delivering on time, whatever, like you're adding your, you know, different characteristics to that. Then the combination of that is kind Maybe of like, and then you can create sort of, and then you could create an index, right? And try to aggregate all of that into some sort of, you know, number that yeah. you, that you use. No? But you yeah, can also and, take in, sorry, go on. No, and then the proxy metrics in this case, uh, going back to what you were saying, Manish, like, uh, some of them will be uh, potentially leading metrics, uh, other will be lagging metrics. And in they, in that combination, like for some, if a project is healthy, like, okay, is it uh, under budget? Uh, is everyone happy? Is there continuity? Uh, so all of those, those things. So there is a bunch of stuff that we can track. And some of them are, are leading metrics or process-related metrics that you can measure. That, and then you can act on them. If you say, like, let's say the team is unhappy, because we have a way to, to speak to people, get their feedback regularly, and we monitor the, their happiness, let's say. If that metric goes down, it doesn't mean that the, po- the project is not healthy, but we know that if it gets too low, it might have a serious consequence in that project. And then we need to decide how to act. Uh, and, and then uh, and, and acting on that might have many different ways, right? So That, that, but, that is an example of... The same metric can be leading and lagging, by the way, because or, or rather looking. So if you look at team happiness, yeah, as you said, 
This is kind of an example, in my view, of a, a leading metric because if the team, team is unhappy, we know that things might cause problems, people might leave. From a project perspective. Project perspective, the project might go over budget because of all those problems and ultimately taking the cynical view to some business that mm-hmm. they don't care if the team is happy, they care if the project is under budget, mm-hmm. right? So, so, but so from a leading perspective, Team happiness could be a leading metric to to then make sure that the whereas project budget is a lagging metric, but yes. on the other hand, you can also use other metrics to understand. So project is under budget, uh, over budget, okay, but this in itself does not tell you how to then bring it into line. But no. then you need to go and rely on other metrics to see where is the problem that we need to kind of a bunch of problems that we need to fix in order to bring it back in. Then you can combine that, for example, because like there is the cost of the project as a, a potential lagging metric, if I understand, because like it, like it just happens, right? So then you know where you are, but uh, the then there are a few things that we can do that if we prevent them from happening, we will keep the project healthy. And then there are things that, for example, the process itself. So, okay, we are under budget, but are we on track on the deliverables, given the amount of budget that we have? And that for me would be a, a, a process metrics. Like for example, we, we still need to deliver this amount of features and we have this amount of time and budget left. And keep tracking of that will, uh, for me, is a process metric that will impact the health of the project. If you are falling behind, doesn't mean that the project as we start falling behind, doesn't mean that the project is unha- unhealthy, but it might become unhealthy if that particular metric falls too behind. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah, no, I totally agree. So I'd like to move the conversation on. I think we've talked a good deal on the nature of the metrics, the proxy versus, you know, what perspective and all those kind of things. And we provided examples and so on. And I think people would be would be eager to hear the what are the good ones and what are the bad ones, right? And how and how you measure them, right? Right. Pick a context. <laughs> let's say pick a context in terms of uh, code quality, or like let's pick a context. Let, let's pick a concept. I pay slightly bigger because uh, code quality is a metric, but I'll pick a context. Context is the development team, right? Uh, a developer in the development team, uh, or even a tester or so a team member in a development team what are the the key metrics that they should be worried about what are the basics like is there like a starter for 10 that say like let's start with these and then there might be others Uh, this is such a a difficult one isn't it because like the same metric can be good or bad depending on how you interpret them so for example one thing that i like in in a team is to know where we are given the, 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 the requirements, the commitments that we have, is a metric that will tell us the progress that we are making towards the, the scope of that phase or milestone or whatever. So, and that can be measured by, let's say, if that scope is defined as a bunch of epics and user stories, then that is the metric. I know how many user stories we've done. Basically, you're talking about a, a burn-down chart. So, like a burn-down chart at a, a sprint level and at a, at a, a milestone level, project. The release level. At a release level. 
right? Or a so, burn up, yeah. Yeah. Or, so, or, so, or, so, or so a commodity flow diagram, yes. Exactly. exactly. So, or if it's just a bunch of tickets, then the number of tickets, whatever, whichever unit that those uh, tasks were broken down. So knowing how many we've done, how many are left, and roughly the, the size of them so that we can have an estimate, that is, for me, a metric that is very useful and it should have always. We should always know where we are in a project. That, that's, for me, is a very useful metric to have. It will vary how we measure, depending on which unit we use to break down those requirements. So the, you know, the, the devil's advocate, the uh, lean guy would say that's why we are here <laughs> <laughs> why like you know this is kind of the project versus product debate why does that really matter because if we are building up a product and it's alive a, a and it's servicing a market and we are doing the next thing to actually improve our business then we just pick the next thing why does it matter that you know that the scope is is the bounded the, the way that I see it is that the way that you bound the scope can vary as well, but there is a continuous investment in a product. So we don't need to, to uh, treat as a as a project and then it gets towards, uh, after six months, it's ended. No, the, the product will, re, will be alive for, for decades. But every increment in that project or that, that product is an investment. So we're saying like, we're going to spend the next three months building this set of features. It's because there is an expectation that if we build that next set of feature, we will get some return on that investment. And that might be even to keep the market share just because like all the competitors have those features, we need to have those features. Or it might be something innovative that we can gain market share, we can get more users or, or whatever, become faster or whatever. So for me, it's important because like, we, we have a finite capacity and money as well at, us, at, at a point in time. So we need to prioritize like what we're going to do first, what we're going to do next, and how many people are going to use to do that, and how long would I need to wait so that we have something else done. So I knowing mean, those think, things are important. I think Mash, the, the, when, when he was doing the devil's advocate correctly, Mash, eh? but I think what he was referring to is why stop at the delivery let's say or at the you know i i built the feature when if you expand the the scope what you really want is that feature to provide value to the business somehow so why don't you measure that instead of measuring you know whether you deliver the feature or not is, is that correct Matt? or, or... no uh, I, I think that's another aspect but no that i actually what i meant was um uh, roughly what Sandra was talking about, but I think I because what, what I'm what I meant was that if you're delivering value incrementally and each value each thing that you do is in itself value to the business, then wh why scope the whole backlog of value, the next value and then the because we're always working on because that's the lean kind of thinking, right? It's the is the atomic kind of value to the business? Yeah, but you don't need to. The, the, the answer to that is you don't need to. If you have a community full diagram and you and you keep track of the tendency of how much work you're putting in versus how much you're getting out, you can basically draw no, the that, two tendency lines, and you you can know at any point without knowing the uh, the end you know 
amount of work that you're going to have, you can know more or less by when you think you, you I, finish yeah, according and to I, the, I how the that, system is, is behaving. You know, that's so. what I was, that, that is what I was getting at. However, I think what Sandro is saying is that, you know, they, they might, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sandro, but I don't think you need to do the whole backlog. You don't need to know the whole backlog, but you do need to know the progress of the initiative release, whatever you want to call it, uh, if if it is a big chunk. That, that in itself are, is arguable whether that's a good thing or not. But if something is a big chunk, you need to know where you are within it. And normally when you want to, when you start wanting to know like a, a much bigger chunk, what you basically have is you're not working in a release value early fashion. It's more like you know, like values being released to a particular thing and not all the way and the measures are are also wrong, but there is an. I I think in in a lot of cases is it's a reality. It's not the ideal, but it's a reality that value is not released early and often, and we can't slice it small enough. Uh, and the other aspect is I was that's why I said I was playing devil's advocate because the ideal is that you don't have kind of this huge. You don't care about what's uh, like you know six months down the line because you know, you're releasing value and things are being prioritized and things are coming in and the next priority is getting done and people are happy with the rate that is getting done and it's moving the business forward. So you don't need to understand the whole scope of things. You don't need to understand where you are in terms of the whole because the whole is complete, is undefined and changeable. You just need to to, to know what, what your next steps are and what your direction is. There is another thing that comes to mind with this, which is the experimental na nature of what we're trying to accomplish a lot of the time. Right? And so, <laughs> so sometimes it's just, oh, we need to build this. We're From the business point of view, we're trying to achieve an outcome, and we think that building this would get get us that outcome. No? And it might, it might, it might not. Yeah. Another way of looking at it is we think that we can reach this outcome by delivering these features. Let's treat it as an experiment and let's, you know, close the feedback loop on that experiment and then basically iterate really quickly <clears throat> on on the thing that we think is the most important. When it's something stops being, you know, you get the law of diminishing returns or whatever, right? Like it doesn't make any sense to continue optimizing. You stick with what you had, you move forward, no, and 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 this is what a lot of start, startups advocate for, right? Like this is, yeah. you know, we want to improve conversion. Okay, so I think if we remove this step, it will, okay, so let's try it. No, let's see how that performs. And, you know, we can compare. This is another uh, thing because a lot of times we think of you know, metrics as a number, how many story points or whatever. And there's a lot of other stuff that you can look at. That's also a number, but it's not the number itself. Like you can look at radios, for instance, which is a good, way of number, but one, one that I used in the past, for instance, is, you know, open versus closed, right? Like how many bucks is not so, what I want to know. I want to know if we are stable, if we are, if it's going up, if it's going down, you know, uh, that the, the tendency, you know, that I, you know, if we are, if we are generating more bugs and we are closing them. Exactly. So, so radius, for instance, is, is another way. Uh, oh, sorry. One. What do you mean by radius? Ratios, ratios. So oh, ratios. Open, oh, ratios. Yes, uh, open versus close. Not the number itself, but the let's say the, the relationship the ratio between and the two, trend. Uh, yeah. between two and the trend. Yeah. The other one is, that could be interesting as well is comparing uh, you know, time series 
of different intervals. So how much did we do, you know, this same month last year, right? When we were, is it double? Like we, we grew, you know, double the people, no? Are we making double the money, for instance? So, so, something like that, right? Because uh, it also, you know, there might be a, um, a, overheads and stuff like no, that. No, no overhead, but uh, seasonal. There, there might be seasonal oh, right. changes to, to what you're looking at, you know, and, and all that stuff, right? So that's another one uh, that I would also use that is not very used <laughs> often. No, uh, again, I, I understand in many cases why, but that's another thing. Like you need to. It's not just the number of what you oh, are we going you need to look at the tendency a lot of the times and you need to see the relationship and i'll give one example of relationship right um story points someone mentioned in the chat story points and it's generally something that people hate yeah how many story points did we do like uh you know we're not being productive enough you know chill out right uh you can one of the things that often people say is that you can't compare story points yeah between teams yeah yeah that's that's absolutely true you can't compare it but you can compare revenue <laughs> between teams yeah and if a team has i don't know you know committed to 10 uh, story points and deliver one yeah uh, and another one committed to you know 10 and deliver two or committed to 20 and deliver no they then you can start seeing the uh, the relationship between those two, and you can compare that relationship because you're not comparing the number itself; you're comparing the relationship. So, so just for me to understand, you're not comparing uh, a story that is five uh, in one team no. and another story that is five in a team. So they might have completely different size and efforts and all. They might have stuff. completely different size, and you know, whatever but one they committed team, to this. Yeah, but, but one team, team ended up delivering ten percent of what they. Right, you know, so they committed, committed to, and another let's one say, delivered twenty percent of what they committed. Right, got it. Uh -huh, that's, uh -huh. that's the thing, and that yeah. ratio you can compare. It's actually, uh, you know, Jeff Sullivan has a, a bunch of videos on this. It's uh, something like uh, uh, Scrum metrics for hyper productive teams, or something like that. Is well, because this is sorry, this is what I would ask. So, for example, we we were to, Mesh's question, original question was about like what are the the key metrics or essential metrics that a team should have. So the metrics that you are just saying now, for example, the, those where you measure the ratio, for example, the team committed to, I don't know. I wouldn't X. say that as a, but we were talking about a developer. I wouldn't say that that's an essential metric that a right. developer needs to be looking at. But if, if you were managing several teams and you want to get an idea of how those teams are doing compared then, to each other, then that would be a, so that would be a metric that could be used both to compare teams, but also they are related to like, for example, would you qualify this metric as a process metric? A, a process metric, sure. Yeah. But like, uh, is it like the performance of the team, the the, the speed of the team, the the the. It's the, it's like everything. The the speed. I wouldn't say the speed. I would say uh, I think he calls it focus factor or something like that. Right? Like, how much are you able to really you know, deliver something like I'm, I'm trying, you know, so, I'm so trying from memory advocate, now, but basically playing devil's advocate again, does this come from scaling agile framework or less? No, 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 because no, why no, does no, it, no. why would you want to compare two teams? You would like to compare two teams. I don't know, because you want to know where to put your resources because they exactly because you might need to say you're that hiring person. technical coaches to to help them to, to improve <laughs> the, where the bottleneck is for some you where might have different that, teams working that, different areas. Could that would the in terms of the 
Uh, so, so because I the reason I ask this question is I, I want to lead ourselves to other types of metrics as well. Mm -hmm. The conversation. Yeah, okay. Go, go for it. Because <laughs> I think there are other types of metrics that are way more important. Like, mm -hmm. when I, by the way, when I said a developer in a team, I'm talking about an XP team and the whole team type mm -hmm. view, right? You know, any team member that has a whole team view that, you know, has, it's not a give me stories and I'll develop them. They care about the, the thing being delivered and how it and so on. So that's what I mean. So anything can come in there. But before I start, like, let's say I'm that person, before I start comparing my commitment to deliver ratio to another team's commitment to deliver ratio. Oh, I, I oh there, there, that, are, yeah. there, there are a lot of other things that I can do right and maybe not even have to deal with that because there are I some agree. things that I think are absolutely essential that I should be measuring and I'd like to 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 take the conversation there. So, oh, wait, wait, so, wait. so what are they so, in your view? Uh, so, 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 so some, some that you talked about, it's like, you know, and I was... I know like this it's almost a cliche around the four key metrics, but I think I, I think that they are a good starter for 10, right? Because they actually, if I was to, to start looking at um, my uh, lead time uh, and my uh, change failure rate, uh, deployment frequency, uh, I always forget that. Mean, mean time to recover, I'm always a bit skeptical about, but just these three, for example, let's, let's start with those. So I lead time, mean time to recover, change failure rate, and deployment frequency. Deployment, yeah. So that I was the 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 mean time to recover. Let's leave that to a side. I think mm -hmm. that's a bit more thing. But the other three that I would talk about, they actually come from lean. Uh, they come from uh, and they tell me a lot about my process and my ability to deliver and my ability to be effective. Because it, you know, as you said, like if you have lots of different metrics. You know, which ones you look at and which ones are important and, you know, take your pick. But if you have a very few, then I would like to keep these very few, right? So because they tell me about, you know, first is how quickly value is going through my team, right? How quickly are we delivering value around the lead time? They tell me how quality from a relatively good proxy metric around quality like how often how you know i make change and it's not a waste right and uh and the the, the other one was um deployment frequency. frequency how quickly can i release value one once it's you know done as in uh from from our team how quickly does it become valuable to the business right so these in itself i think are a very good start and can if if we were to to concentrate on that and start, of course there are other things that you can even further down. You you know if your lead time is not great, or you think it's not great, you but you then have to look at other metrics to see why. Right? Huh, I, ha I have I have a, 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 a kind of a spicy kind of question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let's say uh, hypothetically speaking that we we have a team, so you brand new project or new area of the, the business, a very a small team that is delivering fast. So for example, they can deploy on a daily basis, sometimes even multiple times. Uh, there's no bugs coming back. Uh, so, so, that, that, so the lead time is quite short, right? So, but let's say that you look at some uh, code quality metrics 
and you notice that, let's say, test coverage is either none or 10%, just as an example. And this team is just plowing through code and just delivering feature one after another. But there are quite a few well-known code quality metrics like test coverage and psychometric complex, all the sonar cube kind of metrics, they are quite shocking. So at that point, what would you do with the team? It's a very good question, and I'll tell you <laughs> what. If the chain failure rate is low, I don't give a crap if the test coverage is zero. Right. Okay. And, and as long as that's sustained, Right. right. This is the problem because like the, 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 the challenge in here, and I know that this is a controversial, I didn't want to put you on spot because I would struggle to, to answer <laughs> I'm that. Sorry, I'm happy to be controversial. <laughs> <laughs> but because like, for example, uh, I think the point that I'm trying to make here is how challenging it is to choose a set of metrics to actually guarantee what you want to achieve. Right. So because, for example, the, the, the code quality metrics, they are, I would say, I, I don't know if I would characterize them as process uh, metrics or, or but, but they are always there. They are telling you the state of the code base that you are building. But at at certain point in time, mainly in the early stages of a project, they might not compromise more important metrics, I would say, that are the business metrics, the, the how often you are re releasing all, all the, the, the four key metrics, as you mentioned. Mitch. But then they might be building up to a point that it brings that uh, product almost or the development almost to a halt. And at that point, then, it's way too But late. then the metric is not the same. You're, you're talking about a team that is, you know, is able to deliver. No, so, so then, then they will, no they will be... No, no, what I'm saying is that there's no defect. <laughs> this is the tendency part, right? Like, okay. At Let's some say, point... Same team, same, same team, same team. No, yeah. sorry, just, just, just so, so then, like, for example, would we be monitoring the four key metrics and once they start going lower, for example, start uh, slowing down the, the frequency of delivery uh, or we start having uh, more failures. And at that point, it's almost like a lagging metric in that case, we will start looking back at, because this is what happens in most of our projects. We are now trying to pay off technical debt. See, see, see where I'm coming from. So, so you know, here, like, if you, there are certain other things in um, the uh, in your process uh, that will actually allow allow you to to see that even early the lead time you don't have to look at because, like, if you think, for example, of um, cycle time, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, something. So, if you if you don't have uh, automated tests. That I, that's why I think code coverage is probably not the best metric. But if you look at the cycle time, and if you don't have automated tests, your cycle time would very quickly start to increase because you are spending. Because if if you or you will or you will release, but the the change failure rate will increase. Well, exactly. But if you right? keep the change failure rate low, if you're keeping it low, it means that you're verifying. You're just not auto automating the verification, mm -hmm. right? So if that starts to increase and is steadily increasing, you know that, you know, there is an area in there that is as the the code base is increasing and its complexity is increasing, it's taking longer and longer and longer. So 
very quickly you can pinpoint say well why is it taking longer and you go in there and you can you see that you know because the developer is now spending more than half the time just verifying the everything else that he hasn't regressed right because they're keeping the chain failure right and there theoretically then you can say well you know not, or there is a case for automation and and this is something that you know you can say well actually there is a case for automation from fairly earlier on i, I would actually argue that uh, the code coverage in itself can can actually bring you bring the cycle time higher rather than lower because if they're not well engineered well written blah 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 right and so so i would still say that i would like lead time is not enough for sure but i would more veer towards looking at something a bit smaller leading like queue time cycle times rather than the code coverage to to help me understand where things are going wrong. One, because because yeah. I just remembered. Uh, so one uh, thing that I would say yeah. uh, before before we go into that uh, is that it uh, also is is a is a variable of how much risk you can take, uh, and this will be another factor that would trigger me, even if the lead time is okay, to go and act on you know code coverage or whatever is 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 low it's like if there okay nothing is happening today right but can i uh, risk something happening yeah that's that's also a measure of you know is it okay to maintain the state and take on this risk or not yeah so and that would be another factor that would make me even if everything is going well no, we need coverage, we need, you know, quality gates, we need automation, yeah, because the cost of making a mistake, even if until now we haven't made one, yeah, uh, is is high. Yeah, because I think that this reminds me, uh, like, we, remember when we were discussing, like, adopting OKRs, uh, which for me is kind of a metric on its own, right? So, so this is how you're trying to measure the, the progress of the business, the objectives and, and the key results and all the kind of good stuff. And, and what we were looking at when defining the key results is that not only the, what we want to achieve uh, with the objective, but there were also some quality metrics. That's the, because you mentioned like leading metrics, lagging metrics, process metrics, process, process metrics, but there are also uh, quality metrics when you talk about the process, for example, there is something that you want to achieve, but do you want to achieve that at any price? For example, uh, you want just like to, to release one feature after another, running the risk, going back to both of you were saying, maybe you now, Jose, uh, in your last uh, comment. So for example, you are incurring risks as you are pushing more and more features without looking after the, the quality of your code. You are delivering fast, but you are incurring more and more risks with that so so I, I believe that in, in almost everything we do there are the metrics that we are using to measure what we want to achieve being lagging process uh or or uh, uh leading but maybe the process metrics that are, that is an overlap of what we call quality metrics as well you know because you need to say like i want to achieve that but I want to achieve that with a certain degree of quality. Or uh, I think that one of the examples were, uh, we want you to, to be able to generate, let's say we are in a factory and we produce, I don't know, bottles, yeah? 
and I want to produce 100 bottles per, I don't know, hour, let's say. And, and let's say that you achieve that, but there is a quality metric that would say with a 1% maximum of loss. So, so I would not be breaking more than 1% than 1 of the, the bottles as I produce 100 bottles. Because you can still produce 100 bottles in an hour, but have a waste of, I don't know, 10 bottles in the process. So you see what I'm saying? So, so you need to, to, to have some quality metrics to guarantee no, not only measure what you want to achieve, but how you want to achieve that as well, so that you don't have a problem in the future, or you reduce your waste uh, as you achieve what you want to achieve. Makes sense what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's a you know defect. Yeah, but how, how many defects or what percentage? Of exactly, it's the chain failure rate hour. that yeah. we we were talking about, right? <laughs> cool. So um, we are we are at the place where we have about seven minutes. So this is a good time for Jose to introduce a brand new and topic that is going to take <laughs> us another half an hour. Um, but uh, but seriously, is there? So we talked about. So my question is, we talked about, you know, we, I think we're in agreement at the high level that, you know, the four key metrics are good. Even underneath it, there are some good metrics that come out of at the process level that are quite good. So, so my question is, are there, uh, and then there are some things that are good in context, certain contexts, right? Are there any pro proxy metrics that are actually just a complete no-no, like... Don't bother. At best, they they don't add anything significant. At worst, they engender wrong the, behavior. The, there is one that, again, it, it's very difficult to say because, like, when we talk about metrics, we can depend on which context you look at them. It might make sense or might not make sense. Depends, but there is one. Depends. It depends. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, but but there is one metric that I personally don't like is velocity measured in story points. It's a measure that I really don't like. Uh, I, I, I find it, uh, although it's in theory, it could potentially be a proxy metric, but I think that sometimes people are so attached to the velocity measured in story points that then what the team does, they just recalibrate how we calculate the points, how much points they assign for each task. So you can still be delivering far less and achieving more points, and that would depend on how they estimate each unit of work. So this is a measure that I personally, every time I say, we want to measure velocity with story points, for me is, I would fight that one. So then if you're not, would you want to measure velocity at all? No, I would try to measure, like, uh, discuss the scope of the work, what can be achieved in each iteration as we go along. For me, that would be a healthier debate of what can be achieved in the next sprint. Let's say that we are using sprints in this case. Uh, and then if we, can, if we feel, if there is a feeling by someone in the team that we are not being ambitious enough or achieving enough, then we can go deeper and understand why. What is, what is blocking us to be able to uh, develop more or like to, to, to achieve more or cover more scope? I don't know exactly how to phrase that. Uh, but that for me would be a healthier debate than how many story points we, we, we are uh, doing in each sprint. I think Jose is dying to disagree. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. Like I, I, I actually wouldn't use story points. I would, I would measure how many stories we delivered, you know, and how many we have left in the backlog, and then you know do the simple but, math but, and know whether we we're getting there on time or not. That's that's the way that I would do it. This is what I was saying. Also, calibrating the scope, right? So, how much scope we have? And where as we I said are in the beginning, scope. as I said in the beginning, you know, how much work is coming into the backlog at the same time that it's going out, and based on those two, what is the tendency? That's all, you know. So you you wouldn't that. look at the you wouldn't look at the scope look at the of the backlog. Points. You'd look at the ratio of work coming in versus going well, out. Well, I, I would look at the scope of the backlog because I'm basically assigning a story point of one, no, so to speak. Not let's say I'm just giving a value of one to everything. Yeah, but then and that then assumes looking, certain things about the backlog that all no, 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 no. It's it's okay. It's okay, and I I understand. It it assumes that everything is the same. I I don't I don't care. Really, I don't care because it's actually. I think there's an article on on this somewhere I read a couple of times, uh, uh, some time ago, which is the uh, relationship bet between the two. Like using story points and using just the cards, is it's still there. Like they change the they change the same way. So basically, I'm avoiding all of the the waste, but because there is value in discussing things, etc. But uh, the whole fixation on on what the number needs to be, especially if you're working against a deadline. You know, listen, we're working against a deadline. Everything that is here needs to be there. So why, you know, if we're not getting there, we're not getting there. We need to know, right? But that's that's the that's the idea. So I wouldn't use the the story. You can if you want, but I I wouldn't use it. I think there's value in Python teams understanding, you know, how big they are, etc. But and how but is more to provide the estimates to see if something is possible to achieve by a certain mm -hmm. time, yeah exactly, right? but not exactly. To see the what the tendencies look at both tendencies and see hey does this fall within the range that I want it to fall yeah and that so that's one and then uh, so that's the way that I would do it but the the you were asking about which ones you think are a no no I think lines of code is a no no. Ah, <laughs> Jesus, light of code is a no no. What, what, <laughs> but, but, but is it though? Like playing devil's, I'm just being is for it? me, it because is. If you, I would say, no, not opinion. the number of not like for every new line of code, you get less points, not more points, you know. The less ah, okay, line okay. Of code. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. If you they, can achieve more with adding, the same or adding, less code, yeah. then exactly maybe. adding is, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I have one. How many kilos of code you yeah. you wrote? I, I have one that the right code. That that, that is that I, I I wouldn't say that is a no no. I think that is has useful information, but it's not a metric that I like. Mm -hmm. uh, to to chase the number of the met in the met that is code coverage or test coverage. Uh, so this is a metric that I I personally don't like how it's used i think that is an, a useful metric but very rarely used well for example for me if it's not close to 100 percent or like close i mean like 98 99 percent of code coverage anything different from that is irrelevant because like for example i have 70 percent like a lot of companies have this rule we need to have 70 percent of code coverage 
what does it even mean? How do you choose what is the 70% that needs to be covered? And what about the 30% of code that is not covered? How? So what like is 70% that is not core is completely exactly. covered. Exactly. I have I, all I, my I, crowds. 30% that is core and is the, the right. area that is I have a, the I have a larger problem with code coverage. In fact, this was the one that I, I would pick as well. It's one of the most harmful ones because... Even if you have a hundred or ninety-eight percent or whatever is a good figure, it does not tell you that it it may tell you that you've got some lots of shitty co co uh, test code. Sure. Right. So it doesn't code coverage in itself tells you nothing about the quality of your test or your production code, and nothing really about the real verification that that code is doing. It just tells you what code that your test code exercised. is exercised. Exactly. So so we and understand the... No, sorry, go on. Finish. No, the, so I was just going to say that if if that's the... So it, it can actually lead more towards bad behaviors than has any significant impact around anything so, major. So the, for me, the, 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 the reason that I mentioned very close to 100 like, is more to identify the behavior. So for example, are people bothering to write the, the, the automated tests as they write the code. If they do before or after, of course, we all prefer to do before that. We do we prefer test-driven development. But like, but for example, when I see that it's not close to 100, I know that there is not everything is being test-driven or like tested by code. And then I can work on that. But for example, but changing an arbitrary number like 70% or 50% or 85%, whatever that number is, that for me is pointless. Or even like knowing, uh, for example, uh, like once the code base is already there, and, and, and some companies have the, for example, oh, we want to increase the, the percentage of code coverage. That for me is the wrong driver because it's focusing on the number of the metric, but not on necessarily on, on, on the, the user code. The, the, the outcome, the outcome that you're the test automation. Is, you know, less defects or whatever. Exactly. And then what is the point of wasting a lot of time trying to increase the code coverage in areas that are stable, that no one is working on just to increase that metric or write a bunch of pointless tests, as you were saying, Mesh. Sometimes you test some 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 UI beta or whatever that, that sometimes the, the amount of code that is written to test some very small UI behavior sometimes I would rather just say, you know what, this we're going to do some smoke test by someone who just clicks some buttons and check instead of having this huge, ridiculous amount of uh, test suites to test a, a very simple behavior in the UI to see if the button is aligned right or aligned left. So you see what I'm saying? So, so there is a lot of things that, that, uh, that this is why I think that the, the metric provides some useful information, but it's one that I don't like because it's very often misused and leads to wrong behavior sometimes as well. Yeah. Okay, no, so... One, one team, sorry, before we go, one thing that I uh, worked with, uh, one of the things that we did, because we, we did use code coverage, but with a different purpose, let's say. It was not the metric itself, but it was a way of knowing um, how thorough, let's say, we were able to check areas of the system that would give us problems, yeah? And it started with uh, tracing back, you know, user complaints to specific components in the system, and then starting with those components, 
you know, adding tests on those components just as a way to stabilize uh, uh, mm -hmm. the, the behavior and finding, you know, whatever defect, because those were the areas that had the most problems all the time. So is it covered? No? Okay, so let's, let's, let's start and see how much of a handle do we have in, in grabbing the issues uh, on time. And we weren't doing TDD or anything like that. It was testing after the fact in, in many of the uh, many of the cases. But once something had already started uh, being covered with, with tests, we will go and, you know, doesn't matter if after or during or whatever, but the, we would do the automated tests for that in order to continue having that sense of, again, stability. Are we looking at the at the right thing? No, are we getting the, the defects out? Mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. Okay, well, we are four minutes <laughs> above our designated time. So any final thoughts? Uh, I have like, uh, what, I what I would like to, to, to say is, I find sometimes very difficult to create a set of metrics that would uh, encompass or measure what I really want to measure. I think that sometimes this is more of an art than a science. And, and I think that people should, when you are trying to, to use metrics, you should think about like, what, what is really important for me to know? What are we are really trying to measure here? And quite often, this thing that you want to measure, it will be difficult to measure on its own. It might not be a single number. So then you need a collection of metrics. And this is where the problem, the difficulty or the, the, the skills, if you like, uh, comes in. Like, is mixing those leading metrics, lagging metrics, process metrics, or quality metrics. So it's, it's, it's be able to combine the smaller set possible that you give, that you be a good set of proxies to measure what you want. And, and this is for me challenging, but it's worth doing and putting a lot of thought into it. Because if you choose the wrong set of metrics, you might, it might backfire and lead to the, the wrong behavior. That's my, my final thought. Jose? I think there are certain things that if you don't know where to start, you should start there. <laughs> um, depends on what you want to look at. If it's quality, a good place to start is, as I said before, you know, open versus close. And, and, and the four key metrics in this case, in particular, uh, you know, de defect. Uh, if it, I get just get to production, and a lot of the times you have that information whether you're using whatever system you're gonna know if something is failing, you know you're gonna know and <clears throat> you're gonna trace that back no to to the release you made. So I think you should be looking at something. You should be there's another aspect by the way that we didn't discuss, which is using the <laughs> metrics. That yeah, is a time it, to bring it, that exactly. Up. So no, exactly. So it's, it's using the metrics not as a way of figuring out what went wrong, but as a way of uh, challenging no? the, a change in the process itself. Right? Like in one particular example is lead time, right? So if you don't have it, then you won't be able to use this, right? But if you have, let's say, a good lead time that you're satisfied with, uh, oftentimes teams stop there. Uh, when in fact you could go and say, okay, so what would it take for us to half that, to do it in, you know, instead of two weeks, do it in one week. 
And that triggers a different kind of approach where you're not fighting against the mistakes that you're having, no, the, but in order to do that, you need some sort of metric. Right? And I think, again, defects and uh, the four key metrics are a very good place to start because you can get that manually. If you but but I, I like your point about using some metrics to, change, to challenge the status quo and, and push the, the team hard. That's a very good point. Mesh, what about yourself? What about um, you? I think my point is that it's important to rem remember that proxy metrics are just that, they are proxies. And very often we fall into the trap of taking them as perceived wisdom and then just making everything about that metric and actually forgetting that they are a proxy to something else. So it's very important that we always keep that link of what those things are a proxy to and always monitor that thing and always question the relationship of that proxy to the thing that we really, that really matters, right? And I think that's, we should always keep that in our view. This is a proxy is, and we are measuring it and we are basing a lot of our uh, improvements on it. But is it really mo moving the needle on other things that, that matter more? And how does it link with them? Does it link strongly, weakly, or not at all? I, in, I have a... No, sorry, you have a finish. In, in other words, correlation is not causation or causality. Exactly. No, I have another, yeah. another final thought that, that I think that is worth sharing is also that... Uh, metrics should not be used as a management tool. So for me, that metrics uh, are a learning tool, are a way for us to understand what's going on with the company, with the team, with the project, with, with the code or, or whatever, what, whatever you are trying to measure. But that is kind of information that should be used by the teams, by the people involved to say, okay, this is what's going on in whatever we are trying to achieve. How can we, where should we act? What should we improve? What should we not improve? Where should we put our attention? So, so I, for I me- I think you should qualify that a bit more, right? So, I, okay. I, the way that I read that statement, I, I kind of have an issue okay, with so, it. And, and we use metrics- No, no, no. So, so, so let, let, okay, I will qualify a little bit more. Metrics should not be used to beat, a, beat people up. So it's not yeah. like, to, like okay, you have a metric, you need to comply to these, and, and that's what it is. No, metrics are, we, we set a, a group of metrics to, to monitor the progress of something, or if you're going towards the, our goal and something like that, and the metrics provide the information so that you can make better decisions of what to improve, where to pay attention, uh, what to change, and things like that, and, and if you are on track or not. But they, for me, are information that is needed so that we improve what we are doing, and not just to fixate on the number and beat people up when they don't meet. So that, that's, that's uh, I think that's, that's the point that I was trying to make. Okay. Well, thank you, Sandro, and thank you, Jose. Um, and thank you, everyone, for listening, especially to those people who took part in the live chat as well. Um, so if you like it, you know, click like, subscribe, and, and let us know what you think about it. And also, as I said, give us suggestions for, for new topics. So thank you very much for listening. Thanks, everyone.